listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts Danny, Kaylee, Seth, and Evan as we review video games from all systems and all genres. What's going on, Zappers? We are playing Kingdom Hearts 3, so we're going to be facing our fears. So don't think of twice about clicking no, away. Seth. Yes, it, yeah. Some Utada right there. Any. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking finally about Kingdom Hearts 3, and as you can see, I can barely contain my excitement. We're not a month late. We're not, well, yeah, this 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 episode is we planned two it months out. in the making. We planned it out the whole time. Yeah. We, this was totally no, planned. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> we, uh, so this was actually supposed to go up last month. Uh, we ran a little bit late, and we did Halo 2. Um, so believe it or not, actually, I think it was the day after it came out, or two days after, I had actually beaten it. <laughs> So, <laughs> to be honest, if I would have just sat down and played it a little bit more, may have may have hit the deadline, but it's like it's okay because now we got Halo Two out of the way. So, in other words, we should have thought twice about moving that date. I'm gonna keep making that joke. Was that a reference to a song? Yeah. What song? The credits song for Kingdom Hearts Three. Oh, I don't know that. Don't think twice. I didn't know that one I had a name. I don't, I don't know which name that was. That's pretty cool though. Thanks for that little reference some little trivia before we get into it you know <laughs> so kingdom hearts 3 this game was developed by square enix and it was released on the playstation 4 and the xbox one uh, it was released uh in late january of 2019 um and this game it's been about 14 years since kingdom hearts 2 so that's a long that's a lot of expectations that that went towards this game this game was really hyped up um Disregarding all the spinoffs that came out after two, because I believe the lot the most recent like game that came out besides three was Dream Drop Distance was in 2012. So it really wasn't hasn't been that long since the Kingdom Hearts game, but in terms of main series, it has been over a decade. So um, that's still seven years. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, if you look at Final Fantasy, it's kind of makes up for it a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, so this game when it got announced, it was it was really it was teased actually in 2013. Um, it was just a it was just seen just had Sora walk on a beach, pick up a Keyblade, look off into the sea, and then boom, Kingdom Hearts three. And then 2015, we actually got a trailer. Didn't you say that actually made it into the game? That that was it, the same scene. It was the it was literally the exact same. Only Sora was wearing his Kingdom Hearts three outfit, and the trailer he was just wearing his Kingdom Hearts two outfit. Um, but yeah, it made it into the game. Uh, same Keyblade that he picked up and everything. Um, the ancient Keyblade. The ancient Keyblade. It was actually Ericus's Keyblade, as I found out. And I feel like I should have oh, known. Oh, really? Yeah, because he used that. Why don't they explain that? <laughs> well, because I think most people who, the people who made this Square Enix, I'm pretty sure they figured that if you're playing this, you've played most of them. So they just imagine that you've played Birth by Sleep and you know who Ericus is already. Or you could be like me and or you can just three start with your three first one, and then yeah. you have no idea what's going on. Um, Needless but, to say, I had to have some things explained. Yeah. By your boy over here. By my, yeah. I, I mean, and I haven't even really been around for Kingdom Hearts too long. Um, I've been playing this game since like 2014. I think is when I first got one and then I played two, liked two more and then I eventually played all of them. But just in so in a span of you know almost like six years, I've 
I've gotten to this game very like very much so. Um, but besides all that nonsense, we're gonna go ahead and get into the story. So <laughs> I, I want to go ahead and say before I get into this, if you've never played a Kingdom Hearts game before, um, you are going to have absolutely no idea what is going on. All you need to know is that Riku. That's all. That's it. That's that's it. All that's you need all to happened. know is that there's a boy. He he has this, and what is that? That's a that, for that, all the listeners out there. That is yeah. That that is the kingdom key. The keyblade. As yeah, that is well. It's a kingdom key, but it is a keyblade. Yes, it is the default uh, keyblade you receive in the game. Yeah, when you think keyblade, you probably think of that. Because it's on... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, regarding Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, it opens up uh, with the final scenes of uh, Birth by Sleep 0.2, which was on the 2.8 collection. So, you can, there's another game you have to buy if you actually want to get this story. Um, and it serves... This game is the conclusion of the uh, the Dark Seeger saga. Um, so, everything we've played up to this point, this is the, this is the end of that. Uh, and all the worlds featured... You can, really, you can really tell that it is, because well, I'm not going to spoil your story, but it ends pretty nicely. Yeah, most of the worlds that are featured in this game um, are Disney properties, um, and are some, most of them are new to the series. Um, Kingdom of Corona, uh, San Francisco, Arendelle, and then Pixar got in here finally with uh, Toy Box, which is Toy Story, Monstropolis, which is Monsters, Inc., and we got two original worlds, um, Final World, and I believe it's... You pronounce it Scala and Salem, which is the uh, like the seat of power for Keyblade wielders, at least back in the day um, before the, the Great Keyblade War. Um, and that's where the game's final battle ends up taking place. Um, and the only returning Disney worlds are Olympus, uh, the Caribbean from Pirates of the Caribbean, and 100 Acre Wood. Woods. That's, that's it. That's, that's all that came back. Um... But, well, not, I guess not really. Uh, Twilight Town did come back, kind of. You didn't really do much there. It was kind of more like a hub. Mm-hmm. Um, was the Keyblade Graveyard in any other games? It was, yeah, it was, but you didn't, you didn't really get the free roam access like you did in this game. Uh, but it wasn't like Birth by Sleep, and you could actually get to the Keyblade Graveyard in, uh, in the Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, where oh. you could fight uh, Terra. Oh, but yeah, Twilight Town was in there. The Dark World, which we saw in uh, Birth by Sleep 0.2. And uh, the Land of Departures there, which is where Birth by Sleep starts. And, of course, the Keyblade Graveyard. Um, so after Xehanort returns, uh, Yensid um, begins preparing to... Uh, begin seven... Training seven Keyblade wielders to uh, kind of counteract Xehanort's plan to forge the... It's called they just call it the Keyblade, but the way it's sewn in yeah. subtitles is the X Blade. So I didn't if get I that until I saw the yeah. subtitles. So when I refer to the Keyblade, I'm just gonna call it the X Blade. So you can, you know, it doesn't look like this. There's actually two of these on the X Blade. So keep that in mind. Um, using reconstituted Organization 13 members. So in Kingdom Hearts 2, we had Organization 13, and they were destroyed. Now we have a new Organization 13. Which is consisting of the same members, um, just with a different plan. The original plan was to get was to get their own hearts. Now it's more just to help Xehanort, you know, become the almighty Keyblade dude. 
What was his goal? Xanort's? Yeah. He wanted to uh, forge the uh, Keyblade. Because that's like the most powerful like Keyblade. He wanted to wield that power. Yeah. Um, so, Sora, who in Dream Drop Distance, he almost got taken over by Xehanort. He lost his power of waking. He actually lost a lot of his strength. Um, so, Yensid sends him, as well as Donald Duck and Goofy, to kind of resume his travels across worlds, rebuild up his strength, and uh, get his power of waking back, which is the ability to restore lost hearts. Um, meanwhile, Riku and King Mickey are traversing the realm of darkness to find Aqua, and Kairi and Lee, otherwise known as Axel, as most people know him from the other games, are being trained uh, to properly wield their own Keyblades that they now have. Um, during their travels, uh, Sora and Riku are contacted by Yenzo, who is, um, I believe his name is Zexian, when he was part of the organization. But he left the organization, got his own heart back, and he became who he was originally, Yenzo. Um, and he discovers that Ansem the Wise's research data, um, that Sora, in his heart, he has three hearts. He has, that technically he has his own, but he also has Roxas, Ventus, and Shion. Um, Roxas is his nobody who we first meet in Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, Ventus is a Keyblade wielder from the past who connects his heart with Sora when his gets damaged, and Shion is a copy of Roxas that is made off of Sora's memories. Um, so Riku surmises that the organization's members from the past are using artificial human replicas um, created by Vexen, another member, um, to enable their existence in the present. That's, why, that's the only reason why they're here. Um, so Sora gets the idea to... Um, transfer Roxas' heart to a replica so he can come back and he can help with the fight. Um, the Heartless Ansem, there's a, I, okay, that's also an extra plane that I don't think they really talk about is there's two, there's, there's two Ansems. There's Ansem the Wise and then there's Heartless Ansem. Ansem the Wise is the actual researcher from the past. Heartless Ansem is the antagonist um, who is the Heartless of Xehanort. Uh, How you actually get to that from Ansem and Xehanort? Beat. I don't know. Um, so Harlow Ansem enters the realm of darkness and kidnaps Ansem the Wise, who uh, he helps uh, rescue before sending a spare replica to the Enzo for Roxas to inhabit. Uh, Riku and Mickey eventually locate and battle the corrupted Aqua in the realm of darkness. Um, at the same time, Sora discovers Master Ericus's Keyblade on Destiny Islands and uses it to enter the the, uh, the Dark Realm. That's where that the trailer came from. Was when he uh, they get sent back to Destiny Islands. They find his Keyblade in the sand and he uses that to finally get into the Realm of Darkness. Um, and that was pretty cool how they did that too. He drops in and lands next to him. Yeah, on that ocean. I thought that was yeah. That was a really was cool, cool battle too. Indeed. The negative aqua or whatever. Uh, dark. Yeah, it was just um, it was just a corrupted aqua. Darkwa. Darkwa. There we go. Um, so into dark realm, and he exercises the darkness from aqua and returns it to the realm of light, and then they all follow her to Castle Oblivion, which is the setting of the Game Boy game Chain of Memories, and they find Ventus, who is still asleep. Who has been asleep since birth by sleep. So it's like ten years. He's been sleeping for ten years. Man, he must have hit snooze like he hit snooze a, a lot. lot. That's kind of he's gonna be late for something. Um, Vanitas comes back. Vanitas is 
was created by Xehanort after his uh, plan to corrupt Ventus failed. So he made Vanitas, and he looks like Sora for some reason. They're brothers. They're brothers. Yeah, he's really weird. Um, and then Sora rediscovers his power of waking, and he ends up reviving Ventus just in time um, for Ventus to save Aqua from being uh, pretty much killed by Vanitas. So then, finally, we have the seven Keyblade wielders who are ready to go off and fight Xehanort. Only, as soon as they get to the Keyblade graveyard, they instantly get consumed by, like, a tornado of Heartless. Hey, you remember uh, World of Light for Smash Bros.? Yeah. I drew a lot of parallels to that. Yeah. like, everyone came there, they're like, oh, everyone's here. Everyone's here, and, and, they, they, all get, and they all get yeah. wiped out. Yeah, right. even Sora. Even Sora, which he ends up waking up in this, uh, kind of like a limbo realm, and it's called the Final World. And in the final world, he has to put back the pieces. I think it was his heart. Yeah. Um. And once he, you know, once he does that, he is guided back to the realm of light by Kyrie. And then he uses his power of waking to revive all of his friends. Colors weave. <laughs> Returning moments, um, right before their initial defeat, they end up uh, stopping. Um, they end up stopping this tornado of Heartless and the Guardians Light, and they successfully destroy the organization members. In the process, Terra regains control of his body. It reunites with Aqua and Ventus. Lee, Axel, reunites with Shion, and I believe Roxas. Yes, yeah. and Roxas. Um, they actually, so if you remember, they sent uh, Yenzo, the replica body. Just in time, they got Roxas into the replica, and they sent him, they got him to the Kibe Graveyard just in time to uh, help Sora fight off whichever organization members he was fighting at that point. So then Roxas reunites with Axel and Shion, and everyone's happy. They hug, and they cry, and it's great. Very emotional. Very emotional moment. Even when the organization members were getting, you know, killed off. Yeah. they. I would only known them for this game, and some of them were kind of really emotional. A lot of them, because, you know, they're helping Xehanort, but when you actually defeat them, they talk about how, like, they just, they don't really seem to care about his plans like they're just they like they kind of mock him i was just him. along for the ride yeah I, mean, I was just along for the ride i don't <laughs> i signed a contract i don't i don't know nothing so i'm fine. legally obligated to be here <laughs> so after all the organization members are gone the only person left is xehanort and he provokes sora into attacking him so he can forge uh the keyblade and the way he uh provokes him is destroying Kyrie's body <laughs> yeah which is also a gut-wrenching moment. She's not had a good run this year. It series. was very uh, it's abrupt, too. I, <laughs> it, it wasn't... Just, it just happened. He just slashed her, and, like, Sora was way down there trying to jump up there. Right. So That's Sora, cool. Donald, and Goofy, they use Xehanort's time travel ability against him, and they transport him to Scala and Salem um, to defeat him. Um, and then eventually the other Keyblade wielders. Everyone else joins him. And Eric is, as his heart emerges from Terra and convinces Xehanort to surrender... Xehanort succumbs to his old age, and then him and Ericus uh, d- depart to the final world. And then Sora and his friends use the, key- the uh, X-Blade to close it and then return to the Keyblade Graveyard. So then, once they're all back, everything's done, Sora decides to use his power of waking again to revive Kairi. Um, despite warnings from Mickey that if he keeps misusing this power, it could result in him losing his heart. But Sora promises to return, and, event- and it cuts to... Everyone, they're all on the Destiny Islands, they're all having fun, and it pans over to Kyrie and Sora sitting on the, you know, the memorable, the tree that's, you know, bent over, and they're, they're sitting there watching the sunset, holding hands, and she stays next to him as he fades away. 
Yeah, if you weren't crying at that point, you probably <laughs> that that were a heartless. Oh yeah, Ooh. that one. I honestly did not think that was gonna happen. I thought we were finally, everyone was finally happy, and then he just yeah. This is gonna be such a happy ending, concluding the series, and then but but if you stay after the the credits, um, we see Zigbar, who has been reincarnated into a Keyblade Master or Keyblade Apprentice, my bad, known as uh. I think it was Lushu, L U X U. How do you say that? Lushu or is it Luxu or something like that? I don't even know. That thing. Look that up. You, you can search that if you don't know. And he begins to recount his actions to the foretellers. And Maleficent and Pete are kind of there, just kind of watching from afar. They were kind of just there the they whole story. They were there story, the whole story. You know? They didn't really. <laughs> they didn't really do anything. They were looking, looking for, for the, the black box. They're looking for the black box, which we finally see at the end. Um, Zigbar has it at his feet when he's yeah. talking to the foretellers. And they're like, "Is it the dead man's chest? No. <laughs> no." Um, but then in a flashback, back to their youth, Ericus and Xehanort begin a new game of chess that predicts a battle between Sora, Lushu, the Five Foretellers, and the Master of Masters. So Sora isn't gone. As to how they're going to get him back, though, that's the mystery. Though, if you, I believe if you beat the game on like hardcore mode or something like that, you get a secret kind of cutscene. And it has Sora awakening in a New York-esque city, as well as Riku. Um, now, this could be... And there's a couple new enemies there, too. Right. This could be foreshadowing uh, DLC, as Square Enix uh, said that they do plan to have DLC in the game. Or it could just be the, the next, you know, a trailer for the next uh, entry in the Kingdom Hearts series. That would lead into this, the new chapter for Kingdom Hearts. Because it looked... Very, very much like New York. And yeah, very yeah, realistic. Looked, yeah. I'm predicting that it's like a Marvel world or something. Yeah, that could... Um, that Since c- Disney owns Marvel. And yeah. That very well uh, could be it. So, if you're still with us, <laughs> if, you, if you haven't been confused and you know what's going on, this story, the actual... like Now, if you've played Kingdom Hearts, you know that there's the story, the main story, and then there's the little side story they have within each world. Now, the main story for, for this game, following, you know, Organization 13, saying or Sora attempt to stop them, that was well. That, that, didn't, that, was, that was good. I did enjoy that. What didn't do much justice for me was the stories for each world. Either they were the exact same as their movies, uh, mainly Tangled, um, Frozen. Any of the Disney, yeah, purely all, Disney worlds just followed the plot of their movies. Yeah, the Pixar ones actually came up with their own stories, right? So, which um, was cool. So yeah, but so a lot of so because the, there was more, oh, there's a lot of just Disney, like, and they just followed their their normal plot lines. I didn't like that, and they had done that somewhat in the past. But there was always like a a change, especially Kingdom Hearts one. Um, they obviously like a lot of the worlds. They were still following their movies. But they did a better job of incorporating it into the Kingdom Hearts like universe. As well in this game, it was pretty much more like it was so like in the Frozen world, it was more like, oh, it's just frozen. Just imagine there's just imagine Sora's there. You know, there's no added Kingdom Hearts elements into it. It's just the story, the, the Frozen story with yeah. Sora. As you can tell by the the way he told the whole story of the game kind of glossed over the disney worlds but that's just because they're kind of there they, were, they didn't really matter yeah, that much they, to the story <laughs> they I, i'm not gonna like always when i talk about kingdom hearts 2 like i'm always gonna talk about how much i love like the land of dragons 
or um, I, th- uh, I think it was when you go back in time and you have like everything's like old like movie style graphics. Like I always talk about those worlds. This one there really wasn't any worlds that at least in terms of the like the Disney worlds, which is what this which is what all the other games have been based on. They didn't stick with me that much, and that was really disappointing. The Pixar worlds did were, a little more. They did a little bit more. Um, the uh, they toys actually th- had the heroes of those worlds actually confronting the indeed well they've organization had members yeah. which is the first usually in most of the worlds and all the other games the antagonist of said world is usually the antagonist of the movie um while in while they did have that in Kingdom Hearts 3 there was like the antagonist for the you know that that movie but there's also the organization member who was manipulating what was going on um, so that was kind of cool, but the Pixar worlds were cool because they they did they were not just retelling the movie, uh, Toy Story. It was in between Toy Stories, I believe it was two and three. Yeah, it was really cool because yeah. you know, growing up watching all these Disney films and then seeing them do more with it. It's like great. Showing oh, yeah. Buzz and Woody's connection and I love it because Sora's you know powered up through his friends mm-hmm. and to see him confronting what was it Xehanort. It was Xehanort, right? It was young Xehanort, yeah. 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 Um, so it, was it was pretty funny. It was he pretty cool. <laughs> I th- honestly thought Woody was about to, like, I thought he was going to go. Yeah, he was holding <laughs> Buzzcat. He was mad. I thought Woody was going to, like, man, <laughs> oh, man it go was crazy. all deputy on him, you know? Right. Uh, San Francisco, that one as well. Uh, that's that Big Hero one. 6. That one takes place immediately following the movie Big Hero 6, which is really cool. Uh, Monstropolis, Monsters, Inc. It takes place immediately following the original Monsters, Inc. movie. Um, and it was just it was it was really cool. Um, the stories for them were okay. Um, I think it was for me it was just more cool just to ha- be there and just be able to fight alongside you know Woody and Buzz and you know Mike and Sully. Yeah, it was, it was just cool more than the story did for me, but it was still kind of cool. I like how the Pixar worlds actually incorporated the organization members more. Yeah, actually had them, you know do something with him like at the end of the monsters inc one when vanita shows up and is about to like you know take sora out mm-hmm. he just grabs him and throws him in a door and shreds just the door shred the door yeah that was pretty funny yeah no it was great but yeah so story-wise this for the main kingdom Hearts stories yeah it was really good i it was it was good i still think i like kingdom hearts 2 better but um, to conclude the series, it did a good job. It did wrap up a lot of stuff. Right. I ended up giving it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 9. Give it a 9? Because even though it was very, very confusing, and I had to have you explain a lot of what <laughs> happened before to me, it was very emotional for a lot of reasons. Right. It was almost too emotional. Too emotional? There was never this much emotion in any other Kingdom Hearts game. I wonder if that's just the nostalgia that built up. Over all those years, maybe I don't know. It was there was like a there was like a supposed to be like a big emotional moment in like every single world we went to. There's like that one moment where Sora like falls on his knees and cries. And I was just talking about this earlier with Danny, like like you know, 20 minutes ago. We were talking about I think we were talking about Hope from Final Fantasy 13, and I hate him. Because every single like every single cutscene, he like falls on his knees and cries. Like if that was his like special ability, like his like final like form, his final form would be him on his knees crying. 
so yeah so it's just there's a lot of just emotional moments and there really didn't need to be it's like oh we get it you know everything's sad you know but I mean, we've been through this before it's not as sad as i'm sure they're making it out to be there's just a lot of emotional moments but that wasn't the i didn't have my biggest problems wasn't with that so you give it a nine yeah solid graphics this game looks amazing this is in terms of kingdom hearts games this is the best looking kingdom hearts game yeah, by far cutscenes flow right into the uh gameplay right they're and all the same graphics and they all look like they're straight out of the movies even the pirates of the caribbean world pirates of the caribbean which oh, is man. real that's real it stuff looked, yeah it looks it looks great and the pixar worlds especially because i believe this was animated using uh this was animated by pixar animation studios they animated this so especially for the pixar worlds i mean it it worked much better and of course uh, the caribbean looked at its best um, there's a lot of cool things that they did with this now that they could. One was, um, right, right as you're about to fight or you regain control of Sora, instead of it fading to black and then fading back in, you take control, it just transitions. Like, uninterrupted, just transitions into Sora and you're good to go. You don't have to wait. No black screen just goes right in there and that's really cool. Um, obviously, yeah, like, the cutscenes don't differ from, you know, main gameplay. So, and especially with, like, you know, Square Enix have always showed us these amazing cutscenes, you know, whether it's in the beginning and the end, and then, you know, it goes to, like, especially with the first Kingdom Hearts, you know, you have this really amazing looking opening, and then it goes to, like, PS2 graphics, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, that was one cool thing I noticed in 3, is that they'd, like, have flashbacks where they'd have pictures from the previous games, and they'd be in those graphics. Yeah, they'd be in those they graphics. They didn't, like, remaster those no. or anything. And I think that cool. was cool. It showed the evolution yeah. of the games, and I thought that was really neat. I recently picked up 358 over two days, and I was surprised that they were able to put like PS2 graphics on a DS for the cutscenes. Speaking of that, so it's actually I was like talking about it, and it's actually it's supposed to be pronounced 358 over two. I'm gonna say it how yeah, I say it. it's it's easy. It's just easier in sense just to say 358 over two days, not 358 over two days. Yeah, I used to call it 358 divided by two because that's what it looked like. I think that's what Jaden called it, and he had played it, and I didn't have it, so I just went by what he said. Um, but graphics-wise, yeah, this game looks great. I gave it a nine. I did too. The only problem I had was that sometimes the mouth sync was off. Yeah, uh, mouth sync was off. That bad. Um, there would be quite a bit of slowdown at some points. I don't know if that's just the Xbox, because we played the Xbox version. Um, but <laughs> don't don't leave angry comments about us playing the Xbox version. Oh. <laughs> what if it's the disc replay girl? She just comes back and mocks you for playing on the Xbox. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're talking about me on the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this game graphically looks great. That was probably its best, in my opinion, that was probably its best quality was its graphics. Yeah. The voice actors, though. The voice actors, though. That was not its good quality. Honestly, it was very... I mean, for like the Disney worlds, some of the Pixar worlds, some of them, the voice actors... The voice actresses, they came back. But we we didn't have a lot of the big ones. Um, Mike and Sully were voiced by different people. Uh, Buzz and Woody. Um, Phil from Olympus. Di- uh, they didn't even get... They like they didn't even replace him with anyone. They, he just didn't have a voice. Because Danny DeVito, he voices Phil. So instead of just replacing him, they just, just didn't give him a voice. It would be a lot of voice actors to get back, though. It would. But that was the thing about Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. There was so much voice acting. There were so many, like... 
characters that were being blended in and they had all the original voice um they had all the original voice actors yeah um so it's that's that was also disappointing but i mean i put it to the side even when the ones that were really obnoxious um uh, woody was actually voiced by uh tom hanks brother and he sounds like him but sometimes sometimes but he he it literally sounds like he's reading off of a script like so it sounds so as opposed to like you know just kind of a fluent just kind of talking it literally sounds like he's like looking at his paper and like like yes sora we will get him you know it's like (laughs) he always was kind of robotic though especially in the first movie before he like i don't know. know that might just be me but i don't know i noticed it and so voice actor wise yeah that wasn't really some of them were really good though like i know they didn't get johnny depp back no but they never know they oh he was never he never jack voiced. sparrow it sounded sound like jack sparrow yeah. and buzz didn't sound all that different to me either yeah i think pirates of the caribbean and and because it, it debuted in uh came out two and both came out two and came out three, none of the voice actors were the people who played in the movie they were they were someone else what about Mutton Chops? That might have been... Oh, you're talking about Gibbs? Yeah. <laughs> that might have name. been, but I mean, I don't know. I didn't look at the the the, the cast list too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so voice actors, whatever. Gameplay. This, to me, was the game's most disappointing um, aspect. Um, it introduced one new combat element and that was attractions and attractions are cool it's like you can they bring it like Sora summons like roller coaster rides or just rides you'd see at like a Disney park like a pirate ship that kind of swings and there's water or like a the water ride where you spin the thing and it spins your boat around that was cool that was the the hardest one the carousel (laughs) the carousel that one can that one's that one's it's that one's all about timing you have to time it and I and I'm I'm okay with timing, but that one was weird. Like, even you have to like wait for a blue thing to expand so it gets to an outer circle, and you have to hit A or X at like the right time. Yeah, it's definitely not Guitar Hero. Yeah, it's not Guitar Hero. It's it's bad. Maybe they should have played a little bit more of that game before when they were so they could get a little more inspiration. Yeah, more I influence. did notice that they threw in a lot for this game, like like the Mech Assault. You know, that's was in Toy Story level. Uh, you get in this big toy mech. And it was a lot like that game. It reminded me a lot of Mech Assault, yeah. They throw in... They, they th- with th- these different worlds, they threw in a lot of different things that like kind of draw inspiration from other games. Right. Um, but in terms of the main... The, 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 the true Kingdom Hearts combat, all they added was attractions. Um, everything else... They introduced... Everything came back. So flow motion. Um, that finally made its debut on a, on a main Kingdom Hearts game. But it was in Dream Drop Distance. And it was in Birth of Sleep 0.2. Um, being able to, like, fly pretty much. That was introduced, I believe, in the PSP game Birth by Sleep, the original one. So, um, and I was kind of looking forward to because something that they do with every Kingdom Hearts game is introduce a new, um, like, a few new elements for your combat. Um, but they didn't really do that. They literally just added attractions, like, um, like limit breaks, um, like, finishers. Those all came back, but they weren't new. Um, and I was really disappointed with that because, I mean, while attractions are cool, they sometimes they're worthless. Sometimes you get them, and your enemy is nowhere nearby, so you're just using your 
your attraction and nothing is taking damage. So you're just wasting time. Um, and then it might take a while for you to get another one. Um, so I was, I was thoroughly disappointed with, uh, a lot of the, uh, the com, a lot of the combat, um, elements that they decided not to do. They did though bring back, um, a lot of abilities, like in terms of like stuff you can use to fill up your AP that were pretty cool. Um, gliding came back, which is the ability just to pretty much indefinitely they just fly, um, which is cool. And you slightly kind of like, um, down, but no, you never I hit the ground. You could, you could do, yeah, you could always fly. Um, they did, they added a lot of stuff that were just for traversing like the map. Oh, uh, you can finally run up walls. We've always seen in cutscenes how you can just run up, like your hairs will just run up a wall. This time you can actually just do that by yourself. You can just run up a wall and it's great. Um, well, even going back to what I said about how it drew inspiration for other games, like in the Big Hero 6 world, like that was fully like open for you to run around in. You can run up like all these buildings and stuff. Kind of remind it. me of... Uh, I noticed that with the Olympus world too. Spider-Man, honestly. Spider-Man PS4. Spider-Man PS4. <laughs> and the Pirates of the Caribbean world was a lot like Assassin's Creed, Black Flag. Black Flag, yeah. Um. Yeah, but they, so they added yeah, so they added a lot of abilities that, like I said, they did come back, but they a lot just for traversing, you know, map or whether it's climbing, flying. They had this thing, I believe it was just where you could just kind of get a, a quick boost of, um, like speed, like you could just boost forward real quick. It's if you were in it the was air, like Sonic's. Yeah, <laughs> spin um, dash. If you were on, so if you were on the ground and you moved your uh, analog stick in a direction pressed, uh, whether you were playing on, you know. If you were pressing square or X, depending on what you were playing on, you would just do a dodge roll. That was something I'm glad came back was dodge roll. In Kingdom Hearts 2, there was no dodge roll. Really? Yeah, no. How no, did you even live? No rolling. Um, How did uh, you dodge? There was, there was some other stuff you could do. Uh, you could fly. So I would just fly around. Um, you could yeah, get on so, your skateboard. <laughs> just get on your skateboard. Yeah, you could. so you could dodge roll. That came back. They had this thing. Yeah, but so you could kind of just get a boost of air if you were in the air and you moved your direction, you know, your analog stick and you pressed... Uh, square or X, you could just kind of boost forward in the air. And you could stack that ability to, uh, you know, stay up for longer, do it quicker. And it actually reminded me a lot of um, this game, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, which is like one of my favorite Tony Hawk games. And they had this move called air shuffling. And what you could do is you could indefinitely just keep doing flip tricks in the air to stay in the air. So if you, you know, you got high in the air, you could just you know, just keep tricking, 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 and you could get like you know two billion points just doing that for like ten minutes. When he'd get the speed boosts in the air, it always just reminded me of Sonic. Just Sonic, oh, yeah, just... Sonic Adventure, especially. Just like you know, jump and then you jump again, and you just go forward. Yeah, but at least with Sonic, you know, it's not you don't have to keep pressing X. You'll just with Sonic, you'll just yeah. go no matter. There's what. also the rail grinding too, which is yeah, a lot like Sonic. That reminded me more of. Uh, yeah, Sonic, you could, like, grind rails. But the way they actually did it, um, like, the way it looked, reminded me a lot of Infamous, where you can get the ability to use your electricity powers and you could ride on, uh, like, railroad tracks to get by faster. It reminded me a lot of that, because that's what it kind of looked like they were doing. They would, like, glow blue, and they would, like, kind of spark up whatever they were riding, and then they would just ride along that. So it was really cool. Um, I just wish they would have... Use a little bit more innovation in terms of elements. I mean, 
I mean, we saw attractions at the uh, 2015 trailer, and that was really cool. They were on a roller coaster, and then they were on a pirate ship, and I was like, wow. And it was, it was cool when you actually did it in, like, if you were, you know, fighting, and then you got it. That'd be cool. But sometimes fights last so long, you end up doing the same attraction, like, three times. And you can access your finish at any time. So even if you're at the tail end, you don't even have to do you don't even have to keep tapping a or whatever to keep going you can just hit y immediately and or triangle and just do your finisher right off the bat so attractions were cool to begin with they were cool looking but then as the game goes it's just kind of like eh. yeah to me though it was just kind of eh. um so i ended up giving gameplay a five yeah i gave it a seven yeah oh one more thing about the gameplay before we move on I know this is a section that you really had some words about. The gummy ship. Oh my gosh. This thing sucks. And I thought Kingdom Hearts 2 was kind of meh. This was horrible. Kingdom Hearts 1, you know, you can't... So Kingdom Hearts 3, it's like... It's like No Man's Sky. Yeah, you exactly. You can just fly wherever. around wherever. You have full control. Kingdom Hearts 1... then the battle scenes come and you're restricted. Yeah. One thing they did was add a lot of annoying boss fights right as you got to a world. So you would fly. You'd have to fly to the world. And as you were like, you know, maybe, a, you know, really close to it, right before it, it gives you the option, oh, do you want to land here? You would have a boss fight that you'd have to get by. And it was just so unnecessary. And I only used High Wind Level 1, which is the base um, gummy ship, because I couldn't find the blueprints for the other gummy ships. With Kingdom Hearts 2... You, you got blueprints by beating, by using, you know, by going through each gummy ship, you know, mission every time you were going to Worlds. Every time you'd complete one, they would give you a new blueprint. So you could constantly upgrade your, uh, your gummy ship. In this game, I believe you had to find them or you had to craft them using like a workbench or something. And I, like, I didn't find any like parts. So I, had, I was stuck with just the base gummy ship, which didn't have that much health. Wasn't that powerful with attacks? Yeah, it was like pew pew pew. So I mean, you would, you know, you'd be in a boss fight for like, you know, it could be like twenty minutes, and you know, the game intended you to have a higher level gummy ship, so you're kind of, you know, it's like, oh, this will take you, you know, three maybe four minutes. No, it took me like fifteen minutes, especially the one right at the end, the last yeah, gummy lot, ship boss a fight. A lot of barrel rolls came uh, out of yeah. that. Yeah, you're constantly you have to, you have to. It's all about timing. You have to mash. You have to, you know, mash your fire button. Then you have to start mashing X. So you just start you know, aerial dodging from all the missiles and lasers and stuff like that. And it was just bad. At least with Kingdom Hearts 2, um, you know, you could, it was still kind of annoying, um, but you, uh, you didn't, you weren't restricted. With Kingdom Hearts 3, yeah, you could fly around, but once you got into those boss fights, you didn't have as much. You just pretty much had a box, just avoid lasers and take down like eight bars of health. And yeah. then you win. So it was just really unnecessary. So yeah, this is I never really cared for the gummy ship portions of each game. But this one by far is the worst. I, I hated the gummy ship so much. And I never really liked it to begin with. So this just gave it gave me more It did kinda kill the flow. Yeah, this honestly. one honestly. Yeah, it just gave me more reason to not like the gummy ship. Even though I mean it's still cool because it's oh, we can get from world to world. And it's like, oh cool. The organization members just have to open up a portal and they can just walk through. Yeah. <laughs> we have to go in a ship. So, yeah, I didn't really... It was it was bad. But, yeah, screw the gunship. <laughs> music! This game's music was decent. 
I do like they reworked a lot of the old tracks to make them more orchestral, and that was really cool. Um, its main theme, Face My Fears, was, you know, brought back, came, Utada came back with Skrillex. Yeah, so if you're wondering why they didn't get as many uh, voice actors back, they spent the whole budget oh, on Oh, yeah, they the whole budget. You, yes, yeah, Utada and Skrillex. Um, and it's okay. Face My Fears is okay. It's way more electronic. Honestly, I kind of like Don't Think Twice Better. It's only Utada. Yeah, I, it yeah. sounds way more, but, in yeah. my opinion, beautiful. Yeah. Um, I haven't really heard it in a while. I think I only heard it the one like the twice we saw the the ending. Do you company. want me to sing you a verse? No, you can stop. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but um, it was just really electronic, and I didn't really like it. I my sanctuary, which is the theme for Kingdom Hearts two. I love that one. It's it has elements of like alternative rock as well as like shoegaze fantasy. Um, some J-pop, but like not too much, and it it was great. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of people consider Sanctuary to be one of the best uh, like video game themes ever. Um, Didn't they have an orchestrated uh, simple and clean in three? Yeah, well, that yeah, that wasn't for that wasn't just for three. Um, that's been around for that's been around since like Dream Drop Distance, I believe. Oh, um, but yeah, that's really cool too. Simple and clean, which is a very J-pop song, especially in its in Kingdom Hearts one. It was very early 2000s pop. That's what yeah, it, it was, sounds like. It was 2002, and that's it sounded like 2002. So. <laughs> Simple and clean is the way. Anyway, I, I can't <laughs> sing. Uh, but yeah, as for Face My Fears, it was it was good, but it wasn't... like I would much rather listen to Sanctuary and Simple and Clean than I would Face My Fears. And it's not just Skrillex. It's just way too like electronic like electronic when i say electronic it's like what was popular like in like 2012 to like 2014 you know the whole dubstep era of music honestly is probably when they made the song probably it was probably one of the first things they worked on but yeah i mean it, i think i heard that it took them an hour to write fight face my fears mm-hmm. yeah but an like, hour yeah but every other song like songs that you just hear when like if you're just running around the world they were very nice I really liked them. It was v- I much more orchestral. I they weren't really that memorable. Like, none of them really got, like, stuck in my head. With a lot of, a lot of other video game music where it's just the overworld, you know. Yeah. That usually they try to put a little more effort into that. But. I Well, what I liked about each world is that it would it would be, like, that world's, like, music. So, like, the Pirates of the Caribbean music. Oh, I did, it like, would be you got of the a friend in me. But, but it would have a Kingdom Hearts touch to it, which is, like, the more orchestral kind of stuff. So if you're blending Pirates of the Caribbean, which is kind of like, you know, you know, you put, you know, you kind of slow it down, kind of make it more sweet sounding and you get like a Kingdom Hearts kind of vibe to it. It it sounded nice. I really did like it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They, you got a friend in me. The court, you had to have that. If they didn't have that, yeah. that, that would have been that would have been really disappointing. But I'm not saying all the background music was bad. It, it was just none of them really stuck with me. It wasn't bad. It was. um. It was nice. It didn't make me like I didn't I didn't listen to it and think like what am I listening to? I listened to it I was like oh okay chill you know. It was it was nice. It, it was like every other Kingdom Hearts game you know. The it was, battle themes were pretty good though. Um, I did like those. Right. One song actually that sticked with me throughout every single Kingdom Hearts game is the song for Traverse Town. Traverse Town is really only in Kingdom Hearts one and I believe uh, Dream Drop Distance, but it's just the song that plays. I always remember that because it's the first world you go to. Um, I see Destiny Islands, but the, like the first world that you actually go to is Traverse Town. And I just remember that that tune. 
I do like the Twilight Town music. Twilight Town, yeah. Um, I was I was actually happy that stayed from Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, it, was, it, it sounded a little bit different just because it's a different new game, so they kind of reworked it, but it, it still sounded really good. I ended up giving music a 7. I gave it a 5. You gave it a 5. But there's a very good reason for that, because we can't talk about music without talking about the most musical level in the game, Frozen. Yeah, they, yeah, so with Frozen being a just retelling the movie, of course, she sang Let It Go to its entirety, and I've never, I've, I've kept myself from actually watching Frozen, but I could not escape Let It Go. It was, it was, it just blew up, and that song annoys me. It just annoys me. When I first heard it, I was like, "Eh, it's okay, I can see why people like it. I didn't like it, but I could say people like it. Now it just annoys me. So when they saw that, I mean, I was even with Sora, at least with like, in Kingdom Hearts 2, the Little Mermaid levels, Sora's like dancing and singing as a merman, you know, just having a good time. <laughs> at least with this one, at least he looked confused. So, I mean, I could relate to him there. He was yeah. like, you know, you look at him, he's like, oh, you know. So that was, so, that was yeah. a little yeah, they Not only do I think that Frozen's kind of an overrated movie. Um, I think it's just a bad movie. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. If you, if you guys like Frozen, I'm sorry. I just don't. I just. It kind of was just the worst world in the game, in my <laughs> opinion. Because not only did it really not flow or do anything with the story overall, it kind of had you doing the same thing over and over again, going up the mountain, up the mountain. Yeah, it was, it, it was just bad. Like you had to, you went up the mountain three times. Finally, you don't even go into the town. You go up the mountain. You're always on the mountain, and then finally you're on like the lake. And then you fight a wolf. For some reason. You fight a wolf. That's... Don't even get to meet the villain of the movie. Yeah, he just... He just turns into a wolf. Yeah, he doesn't even talk. Yeah. Yeah, he just... He's just about to stab, and then... There's a theory that they were going to do more with that level, but Disney kind of wanted them to fit a certain guideline. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, so... Well, it could have been good, but... That was my least favorite level. Honestly, yeah. Um, and it wasn't I even like Tangled music. better. Yeah, even Tangled I, was better. I never seen Tangled. I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, as for Frozen, that world was called Arendelle. Yeah, no. That one was that one was bad. Do you want to build a snowman? Do you wanna build yeah, and no one teams up with you either from the main cast. It's this weird snow monster. Yeah, well, yeah. You never... All the other levels, you team up with the protagonist, right? Yeah, I guess in the movie, I guess there's like a snow monster that defends... Yeah, but he's not a main character. Yeah, but then he ends up being part of your party, and you can fight alongside him, which is weird. You didn't get to fight with the snowman. What was his name? Olaf. Olaf. Um, I hate Olaf. The, the, the sister of the the person who had the ice Anna, powers. Elsa. Yeah. I don't know any of these names, by the way. I had sisters, or sisters. I have sisters, rather. Who? <laughs> you had sisters. <laughs> Elsa froze them all, you know, and then sing uh, Let It Go. Thing. Yeah, at least it's like I tangled, you know, it was like, you know, I'm never gonna forget Flynn Rider after playing through that. Yeah, he really was he's, the Han Solo of the movie. He is something. Um, but yeah, musically it was just kinda It was it was Kingdom it was a it was a decent it was a it was good for Kingdom Hearts. Though I will I would you know the Kingdom Hearts two soundtrack is still gonna be played in its entirety at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the final Xehanort battle theme was that one was that good. was amazing that was good whatever song it was that threw in the um, 
when you first start up the game and it's playing that little piano solo. Oh, Daily Beloved. That's what it's called? Yes. Whatever song played towards the end and like fully orchestrated that, that was amazing. That was amazing. I Did think it? it was when Sorrow's riding the Keyblades. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. In the, in the <laughs> battle, talk about that. in the battle where you're fighting the tornado of like Heartless, you're on a you're on a keyblade because it's a keyblade graveyard and a bunch of key you use a bunch of keyblades you're riding and you use all those keyblades to attack and what you do is you press whether you have triangle or Y to actually attack and on the side is each attack's name and it's the name of uh, it's a profile name for people who had played um, the mobile game Kingdom yeah, Hearts it was like Union a Cross they did yeah. they're like do this and you'll be in Kingdom Hearts three yeah so. At first, I thought it was just normal names, but then I started seeing, like, usernames. Yeah, and like I was like, oh, Greg. Wow. I was like, wow, this is actually really cool. Like, they actually... Uh, <laughs> Greg, Zombie Slayer 69. Yeah, if I would have thought about that, I would have I would have loved to have E-Dunkles in, uh, in Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been awesome. Should have done Zap Night. Zap Night Gaming's in <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. Check out the Gaming Podcast Alliance. The <laughs> Gaming Podcast Alliance. Yeah, just get everyone. Every single... There. Yeah, every person... Like, every uh, group in the Gaming Podcast Alliance, they, uh, they're... You can use them. They everyone has a keyblade. This is ours. Yeah, this is our keyblade. I keep hitting my microphone. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. I, I completely forgot to talk about that. That was cool. You should buy the game. And check it out. Don't uh, think twice was a very good ending theme after seeing Sora get Thanos. Yeah, that was that was so sad. Yeah. Uh, he's only he's only he's only a boy. I know. He's only like 15. So, Actually, yeah. something I want to talk about with. Sora and Kyrie. There was so much like awkward, like sexual tension. It was it, wasn't it was just weird. with him and her too. It was like Axel and her as well, no, especially no. when they were No. Lee so Axel in this game was just weird. Like every single time you saw him talk to someone, he would have these weird like flash not really flashback, but kind of just like a flash and it would be Shion or Roxas. And he looked like he was like very like unstable, like he just couldn't like he couldn't go on without him. Like he, like he wasn't like operating very well. And then they don't go back to it. They, they never like go back to that. And then all of a sudden, oh hey, Roxas and Shion are back. All right, you should be fine now. You don't gotta take any of those antidepressants anymore. <laughs> but yeah, with between Sora and Kyrie, it was just weird. Like it was just awkward. And there's always been like, you know, that's like it's always like, oh, they like each other. In this game, they embraced it and they didn't have to. It was just weird. They would stare at each other, just like. <laughs> and it was weird the one thing that I thought was cool was uh, right before the final battle they're all on Destiny Islands and they give each other the pow pew fruit which is the um, like the star shaped fruit that um, we saw in the first game uh, Riku was talking about like you're about to like go off on adventure and they have to like they're doing this competition and Riku's like whoever wins gets to share the pow pew fruit with Kairi cause like apparently this fruit when sh- like if you share it with someone they uh, your destinies become like entwined forever, something like that. Um, and in the secret place, which is like a rock, like some like you know, ex- like cave, Disneyland's, uh, their uh, Kyrie and Sora had drawn on their chalk um, each other, giving each other the fruit. And so they actually did it in this game. So that was cool. Um, but it was just so awkward because they, it was just they're constantly. It would be like a shot from behind them, staring at each other, smiling, holding hands with the sun, and then it just faded to black i remember seeing all these theories before the game come out like is sora and Kyrie finally gonna kiss and it was like they're like 15 and it's like they're not gonna put that in the game if there's if they do then it's like then it's just even worse and it's just like you know it would it would just not it would just be weird but i they, wouldn't have minded 
it kind of probably would have wrapped things up a little nicer. Yeah. Well, made it way more, even more emotional when Sora, you know, passed the like, key. Yeah. Yeah, it was really sad. And, and I, I that would have been the perfect thing to just kiss her and then fade away. It's a Disney. That's thing. a little too dramatic. Come on. <laughs> It's Disney. Disney's not that smooth. Come on now. This is Disney we're talking about. He's been to so many worlds. Yeah. Where so many happy endings have happened. In every and single game, trying one. to find her, and he doesn't He doesn't get nothing. What happens? He dissolves. Thanos, he snapped. Yeah, that's, that's actually probably what happened, you know. Marvel Ooh, World coming. You know what? That would be kind of cool if like they timed that up really nice. It would kind of <laughs> screw up the ending of the story. But... Oh, yeah, it would. But, I mean... <laughs> Hey man, it's Disney. Yeah, they don't care. Um, so overall, um, overall, I gave it a seven out of ten. I gave it an eight. Give it an eight. Um, which for I didn't have higher standards, I guess, because I haven't played. You haven't played ones. any other ones, yeah. I am collecting them though. Yeah, you are. You are working. Gonna catch that. up on them. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, now when I beat this game, I think I had like. Over 30 hours, I believe, like 32 total. How much did you have? Like almost 20. Almost 20. Because I put it on the beginner mode. He put it on beginner mode, and when we started the game, I was just playing it, and he was like watching. Like we would. Yeah, I didn't have watching. my copy. He yet. didn't have a copy yet, so when we I got, got my copy, I put it on beginner and caught up skipping the cutscenes. Yeah, that he could I've skip cutscenes. He saw so. And yeah, a lot of the game's hours come from the cutscenes, actually. Yeah, and I that's found out. that's how it was with most with all the, with most of the other games. Like At Twilight least, Town section, if you don't do the cutscenes, it's like you're missing five minutes. so much. Uh, you don't get you know you're gonna you're gonna be like oh why is why is the Remy here from Ratatouille? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what's going on here? Why do I get the cook within that? I don't like that. Um, so it was it was pretty good. Um, I gave it a thirty five out of fifty. You gave it thirty eight out of fifty. That's an eighty eight. Is that correct? What? No. No? 38 plus 35? 38 plus 35? That's... Did I mess up my math? What did I do yeah. wrong? Yeah. Wait, what did you... What was the... It'd be 73. 73? Because I had 35, you had 38. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I got 88. That's... I don't know what happened there. What happened? <laughs> so what was it then? 73? 73. If 73? I'm doing my math right, I think I am. That's a low C. Um, so yeah, it was, this game's worth it. I probably won't pick it up and play it through again unless I really have to. I do like it. Um, but it was, it was kind of just a meh, just a down the middle half. I, you know, I, I like it, but it wasn't what I was, uh, I don't think what a lot of people was hoping it was going to be. Yeah. I have no idea what they're going to do for DLC. I, I have no, I, Honestly, I think they might take like a Sonic Unleashed route and just add adventure kind of fun stuff where you can just defeat, like fight a bunch of just boss or something like that. Or maybe they'll it'll be story DLC, which yeah, I well, hope they do don't they do, do that. that? Because, yeah, I hope they know, don't so do that because I don't want to pay another fifteen dollars to get the real ending. Like I would rather oh for ten bucks you can uh, you can just fight more bosses. Like okay, I mean I'm still not gonna buy that, but at least you're not trying to you know give me a. I wouldn't mind if they like threw in more Disney worlds or anything and just said like, Oh, it's not canon, just go have yeah, fun. Yeah, just go have fun. You know, here's they bring back, you know, some of the other, you know, Disney inspired worlds. Yeah, so. like maybe make a Wally cars, you know. They've <laughs> missed out on fourteen years of I Disney know, stuff. They missed out on so much and 
they were trying to put Star Wars into it, but they um, they couldn't get it in time. Well, they might for the DLC. They might. They might. But they didn't. Actually, no, they... Uh, I don't know if you really call it... During the Toy Story world, they had that trailer for, like, a game that kind of looked like they were using lasers, but it wasn't really lightsabers, but it was kind of, like, laser swords. Wasn't that, like, Final Fantasy fifteen inspired or something? It looked like... That's what I thought it was. Okay. Actually, this is really funny because it got me, and I'm pretty sure it got you, too. So, when you go into the Toy oh, Story yeah. world, they play this, like... It's a totally different game. Um... And like you, so you see this whole like trailer, and then it zooms out, and it shows like you know whatever the name of the game is. And I literally thought that in the middle of their game, they just like showed off a new game. And I was like, because it had the Square Enix logo I, and everything. Yeah, so I, it was like, like a trailer I was like, for a new game. I was like, you dirtbags, that is so messed up. And, and then it, it zooms, zooms out. out. It's a TV. It's a TV. In the Toy Story world. And, the to- and they're like, watching okay, it. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> that's fine. I almost, I got so upset. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, that was a good that marketing good. campaign right was, there. <laughs> that would have been such a dirt that would have been so dirty to do <laughs> so yep that's kingdom hearts for you uh thank you guys so much for watching make sure you guys go to gaming podcast alliance um check out everyone else who is part of that um their links are on the website so you guys can go check them out see what they're doing um I believe next on the podcast is Yoshi's Crafted World Yoshi's Crafted World and then after that or we're gonna be playing Skyrim we're gonna be doing Skyrim and I'm not excited for that one because I I don't like going into games never played before. But you know what? That's just all. You part never of the played adventure. this one. Yeah, but I knew what to expect. It was Kingdom Hearts. I've never I have not played an Elder Scrolls game in years. Like it's probably been over a decade since I've played an Elder Scrolls game. I think it's gonna be good then. I think it will be. No, yeah, that'll probably be good. Um, but yeah, make sure you guys go. Um, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Uh, go follow our Instagram and Facebook pages. And uh, yeah, see you guys later. Step off.